Yes, indeed, we, we were very pleased. It uh, seems a very rational thing to do. We hope that um, the legal consultation that they are involved in um, will will guide them towards the direction where we meet each other and actually kickstart the process. Because in terms of um, the rules of the House, President Zuma, when in Parliament, lives by the rules of the House. But because we understand that he's not an ordinary member of the House, we have actually proposed um, an even better, much more uh, balanced and fair process. Uh, uh, You know, instead of the disciplinary committee being constituted by members of Parliament, who are saying that it must be constituted by retired judges, so that he's able to feel uh, confident and uh, you know uh, that he's been treated fairly when he has to appear, account, and answer for himself. Uh, and then those judges will then write a report, hand it over back to Parliament, and then Parliament then uh, you know takes a decision as to whether it removes President Zuma or not. But which rules would you hope to invoke in order to achieve that for, as you have yourself indicated, the president is not a member of parliament and therefore the ethics codes do not apply to him? No, it's a, the, the, the extra, the, there is a rule. Um, I think it's rule 40, 41, if I'm not mistaken, um, which says uh, when he's in parliament, he, is, he lives by the rules of the house. Uh, he's not an ordinary member in a sense that uh, he, you know, for the for the purposes of uh, the uh, the doctrine of the separation of powers. But when in the house, uh, you know, and you you will all remember that no no one can be a president of South Africa constitutionally unless they are a member of parliament first. And being a member of parliament first is because they have to pass the test of the very rules that we live by. Um, and um, uh, but we have a duty as Parliament of executive oversight constitutionally, in terms of at least the supreme laws requirement and the mandate of Parliament. And we have to we have to following the judgment do something. We have to hold President Zuma accountable. And so the question is, how do we do that? How do we say to him, you know, the constitutional court says you have broken. You know, the Constitution, you have violated the Constitution. How do we discover if it is a serious violation or not? Uh, we've got to be able to have a process of engaging him. And, uh, and we think that because it has to do with a conduct where resources were used and so on and so forth, let a body of judges that are retired, who have no interest, uh, you know, handle the inquiry, give us a report, and then we take a decision. Have you received any support from other opposition parties in this regard? A lot of, uh, initially, uh, it was agreed um, that, um, you know, a process, I think, on all, the form, on all the letters that had been written after the last impeachment proceedings, everybody agreed that there must be a disciplinary process. Uh, and uh, we, we, we are hoping that... Uh, uh, even moving forward, those political parties which must name themselves will uh, you know, come out and support this process.
So the Speaker has indicated that she will be applying her mind to this matter because there are obviously legal implications. Um, Have you had any further feedback? No, no. I mean, uh, we've only had uh, the announcement that we made yesterday, the letter that uh, we received from her. And, um, uh, And so, well, the day before yesterday, in fact. So um, she hasn't responded uh, beyond that. Now, I mean, if they take a wrong decision, Sakina, we're going to have to go to to court. That's the thing. They've got to be they've got to be careful in how they they just can't just take a decision, you know, and say no, I we're not going to move on because we think that it's not correct. They've got to do it rationally, and um, you know, the constitution was broken. Something must happen. Something must be done. The parliament must do something in terms of its executive oversight. Its fundamental mandate, why it exists, is to hold the executive accountable in terms of the law and the supreme law of the country. A court of law, the highest court in the land, says President Zuma has violated the constitution. Business can be as usual. It was also, um, you know, uh, rather scathing on parliament and its role in holding the executive accountable. So uh, what is your, 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 your response to that? And, and um, in as much as you want to hold President Jacob Zuma accountable, what about parliament and uh, parliamentarians? What, what should happen there, in your view? Yes, I mean, you, you see, with parliament, when you say parliament, uh, even the constitution will, uh, 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 will, will have to contest it because... The EFF uh, went to the court, and it, it's precise. The EFF is part of Parliament. It's the, it's the parliamentary caucus of the EFF that went to to the court to make the Speaker of Parliament the respondent, as well as President Zuma. So, in this case, you cannot treat it uh, in the same way because, as a species, it's not the same as one individual called the President, who, you know, appoints the executive. Members of parliament are not appointed. They are voted for. Uh, everything in the executive happens at the pledge of the president. He is an institution. So, but in parliament, it's a diverse, you know, uh, uh, groupings which get voted by the people of South Africa. That's why it was the speaker of parliament who was the respondent. And the speaker is the one that uh, was being held accountable by the constitutional court. Hence, the calls were for the speaker to resign. So, those are two different things we can debate as we move forward. Uh, as a met- In the immediate, we have a president who has violated the constitution, and that is Zuma, uh, and he is the executive, he is the president. He must be held accountable. And we have given a way forward. We have given a, you know, it, it, it's not about, it's not even a partisan thing. We're not saying Masatia in front of Mubisa Ninglos, who's going to, you know, ask him whether... He violated the constitution seriously or not. We are saying it must be a charge so that he feels that, you know, the process in terms of the basic principles and practice of natural justice, you know, is qualified. And then he can go and answer there and be held accountable. Everyone gets to be accountable. Everyone gets to be questioned. Bill Clinton, um, Mm. you know, appeared in front of the committee to be held accountable. People have to be held accountable. So, it has to be done even in this case, and we hope that uh, the ANC will see the rationale here uh, and the way, the leeway that we are giving to them 
so that uh, they, are, they feel safe that it's not about being partisan. It's about ultimately uh, going out there and setting a precedence that you don't just break the constitution as a sitting president and life moves on as usual. And just a final one, uh, Mr. Ndlozi. Parties also uh, during that meeting agreed uh, that the Powers and Privileges Act uh, should be amended. How and why? Um, the, 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 the Powers and Privileges Act has to be amended in as far as um, the sections that speak about the removal of members of parliament or persons in the precinct. So in the past, uh, or as it stands at the moment, there was no clear distinction between any person that is in the precinct of parliament and members of parliament. So it was inconsistent with the constitutional provision that says members of parliament cannot be arrested whilst being in the precinct or manhandled or for the things that they say. Because the Constitution, what it envisages there is that we must actually have freedom of speech in an absolute sense. But if we could be taken to a DC, if we could be, you know, arrested for the things that we say, then we will stop. We will be much, we will be careful of what the things, of the things that we say. And in that sense, we are unable to thoroughly contest the idea so that we are able to create the best of laws. So if we debate in the in parliament, knowing that, hey, we might be removed or securities might come here, it's already a suppression, it's already a threat. So that's why the constitutional provision, which is higher than the, the act, uh, and that's what the constitutional court was saying, it has to be, it has to apply even there. Members of parliament cannot be removed, arrested for the things that they say. Uh, uh, and so that's why it has to be amended. It has to be clear that it's just other people, but not members of parliament.